welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. I want to talk about the, the Christian message. The message of Christianity. <laughs> the Christian message. What it really is about. The reasons why churches decline, the reason why churches become ineffective has a lot to do with the message. The world and politicians don't know that Christianity is our message. The usefulness of Christianity is not our good behavior. It's not how well behaved you are. No. It's it's when you walk with God, because God is righteous, you have to radiate or reflect righteousness. So that's what they normally see. They like our good behavior. They like our niceness. And so when people are creating problems or killing each other and stuff like that, you say, let's, let's get them off the street. That's not our job. <laughs> our message can do it. But that's not our job. Our job is to send a message. If you bring a pig from the gutters into a living room decorated with gold. It doesn't change the pig. It just actually changes the room. (laughs) So, uh, we have to understand these things. What makes Christianity Christianity is not the church gatherings. That's why lockdown cannot invalidate Christianity. It's not the church gatherings that make Christianity Christianity. In our church, carries, even in the lockdown, we were growing stronger. What actually grows church is not music. Music doesn't grow church. Nice ambience doesn't grow church. Having service in a hotel doesn't grow church, please. What grows church is the message. The message, the message of Christianity, if it is upheld, it survives anywhere. Any church that has it as its core can survive anything. So what is this message? Oh, I know you know. They just sang it. For God so loved the world. Is that all? That he gave his only son. One of the biggest problems of Islam, so long as Christianity is concerned. How can you say God has got a son? It's, it's, it's a conundrum. It's, I don't know how. The no, Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. First Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16. 
Great is the mystery of godliness. God was, that's the problem. That's, that's, that's a serious problem. God was manifested in the flesh. I'll come back to this. Last week I spoke about the attributes of God. Yes. The names of God, the characteristics of God. One of the names of God, as from according to last week's message, is the God of promise. You must know that God is a God of promise. And on Thursday, we got to know that God is not just Jireh. God is not just Nisi. God is not just Mekadishkem. God is not just Rafa. God is not just Rohi. God is not just El Shaddai. God is not just Shama. God is not just Shalom. God is not just Sabuath. But God is also a savior. Amen. God as savior. And the Bible makes us to know that God is our savior. Now, and I explain, according to Romans chapter 1, verse 20, that for since the creation, the invisible, yes. can, invisible means cannot be seen, okay? You, you can't use your human senses to observe it. It's not observable by science. The invisible attributes, the characteristics of God that science cannot observe have been made clear, have been clearly seen, being understood by creation. So when you look at what has been created, it just tells you there is God. You have to be actually educated against that common sense. Because creation, I mean, everything tells you that. It's just basic common common sense 101. (laughs) So it says that it's clearly seen Okay, it's clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So you can understand the deity of God or there is God based on the things that are created. However, see, I said on Thursday that there are people everywhere who serve God. Human beings everywhere have a form of worship. Now, the actual question is, which one is the true God? Which, because there must be a true God. You can't say they are all the same. No. These people call him that, others call him that, but they are all the same. No, sorry. To know the uniqueness of the God we are serving, we have to compare his attributes to what? Okay, you said you are worshiping God. Okay, what's that God? He, 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 he's the sun. He shines and then goes. No, 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 that's not the God I'm talking about. So, okay, when you also describe your God, he has, no, he has not got a son. No, no, that's not the God we are talking about. Well, okay, how about your God? Oh, my God is just manifested in nature and human beings. No, no, that's not the God we are talking about. So, it is, it's logically bizarre for you to assume that all religions are right. We just call it different, but it's the same. It's not the same. Religions are fundamentally not the same. They are actually fundamentally very different. Superficially, they might look the same, but fundamentally different. Are you getting what I'm saying? Fundamentally different. And so now, so which was the meeting point then? If everybody has a sense of God and worship and looking for God, why, the question is the uh, relative, why do you impose your God and say your own is the truth? If you taste my own, you know, ah. Oh, but that's the, sa- the same way the other person can say, have you tasted my own? When our message, everywhere our message goes, it rains. 
our activities can be overshadowed by other people's activities. That's why when you're a Christian, you can practice your Christianity, but don't talk about your Christianity. The message, the message, the message, the message. Why is it that when Christianity took over in the West, in Europe, it opened the door for any religion? Come, freedom of religion. But other religions fear Christianity. They said, no, 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 you can't, no, 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 don't put the cross. No, no, it's just us. No, because if you allow our message, you'll be in trouble, you know. If you, <laughs> no, no, if Buddhists expose themselves to our message, they will find God. <laughs> if Hindus expose themselves to our message, they will find God. When you meet the true God, you then realize that you've been following the false God all along. But how do we find the true God? And I was telling you about how the Jews, God gave himself his attributes to the Jews. You watch this, this is very important. I spoke about the immediate revelation of God without mediation. No one has to tell you. It's just the, the immediate revelation according to Romans chapter 1 verse 20. But there is the, the um, aside the immediate revelation which everybody needs to, you don't need to be taught. The, to discover the true God, to know him as he is, he must be revealed to you. So the immediate revelation of God doesn't need, any, uh, or, or doesn't need anyone to tell you. Creation tells us. But be, to know him and to understand him, then he must be taught. You must be told about this God. And he must be revealed to you through the preaching of, the, of Christ. Now, that, that is where it makes everything becomes different, right? So then, until Christ is preached, people cannot find God. How? Because we saw in the scripture we just read, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that God was manifested in the flesh. Okay, the God that everyone is looking for, who they are not sure who he is, he decided to come himself. So Christ was Bible talks about in him, in Christ, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay, so when you see Jesus, you are seeing eternal God captured in human flesh. And that remains a mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Right, it's mystery. Don't try and get your head around it. Another problem that usually some other religions have with Christianity, and even some people who believe they are Christians have problem is, how can you say God is three? You, it's, it's polytheism. No, it's not polytheism. The Bible clearly says that, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. So God is one, but he is three. Oh! That's why he could say, when there's nobody, he could say, let us. Who are these us? If God is not a self-contained community, he couldn't be love. Because you can't demonstrate love when there's only one object, just you. Love must be, you know, between you and somebody. When you say you love, you, you must love something. So when God, if God is love, then he was, when there was nothing by God himself, he was, he's a self-contained, he's a community in himself. So love can still <laughs> the self-contained community. Hallelujah. So now it's so important to understand according to Acts chapter 
17, verse 23. Yeah. He said, for him who, to the unknown God, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing. You have to know God. Jesus said, and I think the Lord gone, the first two, three messages I preached, true worship also, that Jesus said, Matthew, John chapter 4, verse 22, Jesus told the Samaritan woman, you worship what you know not. King James says that, ye worship ye know not. That's even better. <laughs> ye worship ye worship ye know not. This is a, and I like King James. Ye worship ye, ye know not what. <laughs> In other words, you are worshiping what you don't even know. You don't have an understanding of what you're worshiping. You just because true worship must be founded on knowledge. You must know God your worship. See, the problem of many people supposedly called Christians, they don't even know the God they claim to worship. If you don't know God, the revelation of God, without the revelation of God, your, your worship can never be quality. So Jesus says that we, do, we know whom we worship. We know. He says, for the time is coming when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in tr- truth. What's the meaning of the truth? You must know some facts. Come on. Some facts must be clear to you in order to be able to worship properly. There was worship in spirit and in truth. And so, it is important to understand to worship God truly, you must know him. You can't worship a God you don't know. I'm going somewhere. That is why you can't be a Christian with a closed Bible. Because your common sense cannot reveal, cannot help you to know God. You know about him, but you can't know him. You might know he exists, but you can't find him. Mm. But now this God who exists, to find him and begin to have a relationship with him, you must know him. But it's not true research, but it's through his word. He has revealed himself in his word. Now, that's why we talk about the attributes of God. You must know the characteristics of God. And so then, you must know if God is like, if God is a provider, and someone say you have to compromise on your worship in order for them to take care of you, and you know God is a provider, then you don't mind. You will be faithful to God because you know he'll provide for you. And walk, walk away from the pleasures of Egypt and the temptations of Egypt, you can walk away from it because you know your God is faithful. See, when you, when you know God in his attributes, he helps you to worship him properly. So Paul said, all the things that are gained to me, Philippians chapter 3, from verse 7, 8, and 9, very interesting. All the things that are gained to me, I count dark. But what things were gained to me, these things I count lost for Christ. Verse 8 Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Christ, the knowledge, see, why do I call, oh, I, I thought this, not knowing Christ is too excellent. He said, other things, I don't care, I don't care, I just want to know him. This knowing Christ, this, the, the excellence of knowing him. You are at a big, major risk if you don't know Christ. Especially when you call yourself a Christian. And all you know about Christ is he just he died on the cross, isn't he? No, oh, come on. 
<laughs> he said, for the excellence of, excellence of knowing him, the knowledge of Christ is excellence. He says, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, that I may gain him. Look at it. Gain Christ. Look at the next verse. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Now watch the verse 10 says that, that I may know him. Do you see that? That I may know. Let's all say that I may know him. Say it again. Why are you in church? Why are you in church? Anything less than that is, is a, a risk for you. That I may know him. It's not because I missed the song. Uh, Our God is champion. Oh, that's my song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with it, really. There's nothing wrong with it. But that is not the main reason why we are here. So we can have church without music. Yes. This is a, a Christian thing. A Christian thing is when they gather, they gather around the word. Let's get back on track. I am teaching some stuff, which I just, I just want someone to know. Yeah. So it's important that we know him. Now, he says that he has given unto us. Very soon, I'll be going on Second Peter. Okay. He, he has given Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. Even the supplies from above are predicated on your knowledge. What if you know him? It's give it guarantees your future. He has given his divine power has given to us all things, including husband, including wife, including baby, including miracles, all things, including good job, all things has been given. Things that pertain, in other words, as it relates to life and godliness, you don't lack it. But why is it not showing? Because it's based on our knowledge of him. As you know him, he's supplying. His supply is through the channel of your knowledge. That's why every pastor must teach. Oh, but some people are teachers and others are prophets. (laughs) It's because you are not reading your Bible. If you are reading your Bible, you won't say such a useless, you make such a useless, irresponsible statement. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Some are teachers, others are apostles. Others, read your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4. Yes, yes. It says that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, uh, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. The word equipping is katatizo, which is to teach. So evangelist, prophet, is to equip. It, we are all there to equip. Even he talks about, as by this time, when you ought to be teachers. This is not even talking about church leaders. Talking about basic Christianity. As you are growing in Christ, you must be able to transfer uh, Hebrew. That's Hebrew chapter um, 5, verse 12. Uh, yeah. By this time, when you ought to be teachers, you need people to teach you elementary things again. You must be able to teach. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it talks about how the things you have heard from me before many witnesses pass on to others. They continued, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they continued in the apostles' doctrines. Doctrine is teaching. So this whole thing is about teachings. 
a lot of, because of the attributes of God, a lot of other things come in. Yeah. But you can't enjoy God you don't know. Mm. Right. The God you don't know, you can't enjoy him. And Satan will trick you. Because the Bible says that Satan himself presents himself as an angel of light. He calls, Paul calls them, they are false apostles. Like Satan himself, the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 12, 13 and 40. Paul was talking about, but what, what I do, I will also continue to do. That I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to, to be regarded as as we are in the things in which we boast. Now, this is very interesting, but I don't want to go. You know, some people, they also want to behave like they are the same as us. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. Because of that, I need to say some things so I can discredit them. Did you, you understand? Some people say, oh, but you, you, don't, you don't have, if you're a pastor, you still don't have to teach. Or it's not everybody who can teach. You are saying that because you want to make yourself like a, a church elder but you want to escape the responsibility of the teaching. So let's highlight what makes a church elder a church elder. What makes a qualified church leader a church leader. And then, then you'll be found wanting. So Paul said, I will have to do that. To deny the opportunity from people who want to make themselves like us. <laughs> All right, look at the next verse. It says that, for such are false apostles. These people, they are for, you still have to expose them. Yeah. <laughs> False apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves as apostles of Christ. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> then he says that Satan himself even presents himself like. So then, how do you discover them? By the way you have been schooled and taught in the ways. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the same 11 verse 4, Paul speaks about a different gospel, a different spirit, mm. and a different Christ. Wow. It says that wow. if he who comes preaches another Jesus, how would you know that this is another Jesus if you don't know Jesus? Wow. Preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. What is this thing you are preaching? In the name of I'm very powerful man of God, everything I say has come to pass. Excuse me, shut up and get off the pulpit. Preach another, another Jesus. Watch this. Another Jesus. We haven't preached. Or if, if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel. What is this spirit? What is this gospel? You have not accepted. What is this? In Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, that's even stronger. Paul uses very strong terms there. He says that, I marvel that, you have turned away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. That means he's talking to people who are born again. But they moved away into something different from what this Christian message is about. And every one of us is susceptible to something like that. If we are not alert and expose ourselves to the teaching. That's why I said church growth. True church growth has a lot to do with the true message, the gospel. He says that, you have, I'm surprised. You're born again. But what is this now? There are some people, when I see them in certain churches, it really surprises me. <laughs> because for goodness sake, you, you were in this decent church. I know the church, Assemblies of God, Baptists, they were teaching you well. How come now you have gone, they made you an elder in a holy water church? <laughs> How? 
because the, the prophet is very powerful. Excuse me. Stop those things. Don't hinge Christianity based on human solutions. It's important. Another gospel. We are always very quick. And, and that is why, in fact, you see, Methodist Church, um, Presbyterian, oh, Presby, Baptist Church. I don't want to go further. This, <laughs> they have fantastic theology. Yeah. The, the, the churches are built on revelation of God and Christ. That's why they've lasted generations. What some of us are doing in our day, it will even last. Some of the churches will not last the lifetime of the founder. <laughs> his lifetime. In his lifetime, the church will fizzle away. Excuse me, I'm about to make a, st- a strong statement, but because of the rubbish and nonsense they are teaching. A church cannot last beyond its doctrine. So if the doctrine is sound, it will church. That's why Methodists are still going strong. Those people are so strict on doctrine. Um, Assemblies of God. Good churches. Baptists. Oh, Baptists are too strong. They're strong in America. And I, I believe that the move of God in America and some of those places will be sustained by these old churches who are built on solid doctrine. Instead of these human experiences. They've reduced church to experience. Your marriage will be built. Amen. Amen. When we shout, God is real, God is here, is your, your mind is only on what you are getting. <laughs> and so it doesn't last. That's why the lockdown has actually built some churches and closed other ones. <laughs> a lot of churches have closed down. Well, I've said a lot. Let me just go straight to the... the, the, the. So he said, another gospel. How would you know this is another gospel? Unless you know the actual gospel. If you don't know the actual gospel, when another gospel comes, you won't be able to say that this is another gospel. He said, I marvel that you have moved away. From the, and it went on with strong words that if any other person, anybody preaches a different gospel that we have preached, let him be a curse. The strongest term of cursing. Yeah, it says that. But even if we, 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 who have preached this Jesus, or an, an angel from heaven, so stop saying the person works miracles. He works miracles. He's very sharp. He's very good. And we have, and we have imported all kinds of religious fanaticism, of religious madness into basic Christianity. Religion is taking over, and then we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. People are now bringing Ark of the Covenant into church buildings. That the, 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 Please, please, why is all this wrong? When you don't have a message, you see, a, a great man of God told me, when you don't have breast, that's when you need false pad. Yeah. So you see the thing standing there, but it's not proper. Wonder bra. Wonder bra. He said it's another gospel. (laughs) It's not a true gospel. People have married and have been disappointed because they realize that they didn't have the true gospel. (laughs) 
<laughs> false gospel. That's what false gospel does. It, give, it makes you look like it's the real one, but it's not. Because propitiation is not inside it. Atonement is not inside it. Justification has been marginalized. Sometimes people can even open the Bible to be teaching from it, but they are not actually, it's not the Bible you are teaching from. You can try, you can, the Bible has got a lot of information inside. You can quote and it sounds nice, but you're actually not teaching the word. The gospel. He said, let him be accursed. If he preaches, even if an angel does that, let him be accursed. You have to learn how to detach or unfriend some people based on their doctrine. You're allowed. You're allowed to. You're allowed to stop association and fellowship with some people based on their doctrine. You're allowed to. It's in scripture. The only place we are genuinely allowed and authorized to disagree and detach detach, detach ourselves from people is on the grounds of doctrine. So why do we marginalize doctrine? Oh, because this is intellectualism. Why, you want to have a mindless worship? Say, who? You worship what you don't know. That's where the problem comes from. Paul said that I might know him. Yeah, Pastor, but there are two Greek words for knowledge. Uh, Epigynosco and gynosco. Epigynosco is experiential knowledge. Gynosco is head knowledge. So sometimes don't mix the two. I might know him. It's not just head knowledge, yes. We are experiential knowledge. But experiential knowledge that has not got head behind it. Know what is the script? What, what does this say? If I like the way Romans puts it, he said, What saith it? The word is near you, Romans chapter 10. What say what does it say? What saith it? You must base your belief on what saith it. If you can't justify it in scripture, throw it away. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Whether it's anointing oil or a special prayer, yeah. it's altar of if you can't justify it in scripture, offering or something, throw it away. The gospel. Now, I've talked about the attributes of God. Brothers and sisters, may I submit to you that God is a God of promise. And God is also our savior. But this morning, may I let you know that one of the chief attributes of God is that God is good. Now, watch this. That brings a big problem. Some of you have not realized it. When we say God is good, it's a big problem. Or God is righteous, it's a big problem. Because you are not that good. That's where the problem is. It's not that God is good, but me and good. So me and good, God is good, is highlighting my badness too, too, too much. You know, when you are not like, like academically great, let's say mathematically great, and you are amongst people who just know art, they don't know math. You will look powerful until you fall into, you fall into um, genius math. You realize that you are so, you look so, see, God is so good. When he comes near you, it makes you look too worse. No, but you are worse off. That poses a major problem. How can a good God have a relationship with a bad you? That's the problem. That's the problem. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So 
we, we have fallen short. Origin, we are meant, we are built, we are created to reflect his glory. But because of sin, we are falling short of the glory. And that, that is a problem. So, brothers and sisters, there is no way you can appreciate what Jesus did on the cross if you take away Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3. When you take those three, those three chapters out of the Bible, you invalidate the Bible. So this whole Big Bang theory is a satanic scheme to invalidate the cross. The cross doesn't have any meaning in the absence of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. The cross is useless. So then you can't have Christianity without Genesis 1, 2, 3. Am I communicating something to you? Oh, Pastor, can you, can you break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down? I will break it down. In Genesis chapter 1, God created us in his image. In Genesis chapter 2, he exposed us to all the blessings of the earth. And he says that, do not touch this, Pastor. But how can you say, some, one, two people eating, just having a bite of a fruit, creates hell for all of us? <laughs> so, in Genesis chapter 2, he says, the day you eat it, you will die. That very day, Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, 16 and 17, say so he commanded them, you can freely, you, you are free to eat. But the day you eat, apart from this tree, the day you eat it, you will die. Because that tree represents the nature of the devil. It is not just the eating it, but the disobedience. They disobeyed, watch, that's very important. They disobeyed God. So in Romans chapter 5, now, then Romans chapter 5 makes sense. Through one man's disobedience, sin entered the world. So it took disobedience for sin to come in. Through, do you know that coronavirus, it was through one man's <laughs> maybe negligence, or I don't know. You know what I'm doing? It didn't come from a group of people. It just came from self. And then everywhere, the international lockdown. How? And sin is wider than corona. For by one man's, did you see that? Yeah. One man's what? Disobedience. Disobedience. What happened? Many, many, all of us, we were made sinners. In the same way, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Now watch this. So God had the solution in the garden. When we fell, the problem is we have fallen. How can we find our way back to God? And we have been groping in the darkness. Everybody is searching for God. Some go and find something, say, oh, this God. Others find this, they say, this God. Others find this, this God. Because we are created to worship, but we have lost our way to God. The Bible says that, for all have gone astray. Yeah. All have gone astray. So none of us know him. We can't find him. It's like blind people looking for the best mirror to buy. <laughs> or a blind man or blind friends going to exhibition center. <laughs> Art gallery. What's a blind man doing in the art gallery? <laughs> and you, you pick something and you believe this is it. Everybody is picking what they think. Oh, this is the masterpiece of Michelangelo or the masterpiece of Leonardo da Vinci. Everybody is picking. Oh, I believe this is it. I believe this is it. So someone, they say, everyone is correct. How can you say everyone is correct? Because we are all blind. So it must take the shop owner. Who knows where he has put everything? And brings it, he said, you want it? Okay, take it. Here, I'm giving this to you. 
And so then when I found it, I can tell the others, listen, you are, you are wrong. You have, I have got it here, even though I'm blind. Now I've got it. And now I can see. So God had to find a way. Watch this. This is a, a, what I'm about to say is quite heavy. God is so good. That's his, his um, nature. His attribute. He's a good God. But that poses a major problem. And that is not just that. He's also a righteous God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God, on Romans chapter 1 verse 60, unto salvation. To the Jew first. Uh, to all who believe. For the Jew first and also the Greeks. Now look at the next verse. This is a serious one. For in, the, in it, the righteousness of God. God is righteous. God is righteous. And for you to have a relationship with him, you have to be righteous. You have to, that's a problem. But how can, that is why some major religions, you ask them, how about the sin, problem of sin? He said that one is, uh, is God's prerogative. He can choose, okay, I want to forgive you. On what grounds? How can you forgive arbitrarily and remain righteous? That's unfair. On what grounds will I forgive you? How can I be a judge in court? Someone has been caught red-handed. You bring, you bring him to court and he's guilty. And then that day, I'm in, a good, I'm in a good spirit. I just want to show how much loving I am. Then they bring him to court. So I say, you know what? You are guilty, but don't worry. Just go. You, whose brother he made it, you would think I'm even more evil than the one I've pardoned. How can I pardon such an evil person? So in Exodus chapter 34, verse 5, 6, and actually going to verse 7, but sometimes it's nice to travel. So verse 5, it says that, now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, talking about Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Go to the next verse. And the Lord passed before him, before Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and in truth. Now look at the next verse. Very problematic verse. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins. Watch this. What's the next statement? Ah, he, how can you forgive sins and also you will not let the guilty go free? So, uh, which one are you? How can you say, by no means, you will never clear the guilty? Said, so, by no means, by no means, clearing the guilty. In other words, if you are guilty, you will suffer for it. He has, to, he has to deal with you when you are guilty. So, but how can he be that and at the same time forgiving iniquities? How can he be that? At the same time, he said you can't be wrong in Proverbs chapter 17 verse 15. He, oh, this is serious. Let's all read it from the screen. Is it, is it possible? If you can see, let's go. He saying he's fine. He said, how can you do that? How can you justify a criminal? Say that he hasn't really done anything wrong, you know, sometimes we all have bad day. Ah! No, no, it's not for judges to do that. A judge is not a philanthropist when he's in court. 
He's not in court to go and show how nice he is. He's in court to go and uphold justice. And then you go into court, you sit in court, and begin to acquit and justify a wicked. No. So then, on what grounds? Because of the way we are wicked. How can we, God justify? Micah chapter 7, verse 18. says that, who is a God like you? Pardoning that, oh, what's, the, what's this? You pardon iniquity and pass over to Ah. Do you know what it means to pass over transgression? It's like he behaved like he didn't see it. Ah. What kind of police officer is this? When you have, you have passed, you are going on patrol, and you see people doing something very criminal, and you behave like you haven't seen it. God. He says, that's God. See the kind of God we are talking about. But he himself in his word has said that anyone who justifies the wicked is an abomination. But he's saying that God, and then he also said he will never let clear the guilty. But at the same time, God, uh, he pardons. Ah, why would you forgive iniquity? God is good. But he can't just do that. Forgive iniquity. On what grounds? That's not justice. The devil sinned in heaven. Do you know what he got? Justice. Noah, he was as sinner as the people. Just that he managed, he had a certain sense of godliness. But he was not di- very different from, and everybody, and his, his sons, because of him, everybody who was alive was wiped off, but Noah was spared. Wow. The devil will be asking God, but why did you leave him? Mm-hmm. Abraham, he was an idol worshiper. Mm-hmm. And God himself went, he said, come. Mm-hmm. And he separated him from the people, and he said, oh, these were rubbish, but Abraham. Mm-hmm. But Abraham too, what is different about Abraham? David the murderer and adulterer. How can he say, David is my man? He has to be there. Uh, did you forgive them? Because devil sinned, got justice. Yeah. These guys sinned, and God has let them off the hook. Yeah. On what grounds? I'm talking about the gospel. Yeah. The gospel. How you can be a sinner and still be let off the hook. Wow. And God justifying you. In the book of Romans chapter 3, mm. <laughs> in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, I think we read 23. Let's, let's go to 24 because of time. 24, 25, 26. It says that being justified, oh, that's another word. How are we justified? Freely. Are we not sinners? Yes. But why should God justify us freely? No, that freely there, do you know what freely means? It's like without a cause. There's no grounds. It's like that when Jesus said, they hated me without a cause. John chapter 15, uh, 15, 25 said, that it might be fulfilled what is written. They hated me without a cause. Now, without a cause, there's nothing wrong. Jesus never did anything wrong, but they hated him. There's no reason why anyone could hate Jesus, but they hated him. In the same way, there's no reason why you, there's nothing in you that can warrant and merit forgiveness of sins. So, but he, for, he freely get, forgave you without you, without your involvement as it were. You haven't done anything that can warrant forgiveness of sins. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? So, being justified freely by his grace, how? 
through the re- ah, the redemption. So it took something in Christ, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the grounds for your forgiveness, for your justification, is predicated on Christ's work. What makes Christ different? Listen, the gospel is about Christ, his person, uh, how unique he is. How is Christ unique? He's the son of God. And the exclusivity of his work. What's his work? The dying on the cross. So Christ is not like any other person. He was a sinless person, but died. When he died on the cross, he didn't die for himself. There are so too many scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, it tells us how Christ died for sinners. Christ died, said, Christ, first of all, receive it. Christ died for what? Our sins, not his, his faults. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it talks about how he died for our sins. He died on the tree that, um, for our, you see, he bore our sins on the tree. His dying was for our sins. His dying was for our sins. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, it talks about, he bore, Hebrews 9, 26, he, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now, once at the end of the ages, he appeared to put away by the sacrifice, he sacrificed himself to get rid of sin. He sacri- so in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible talks about how he suffered the just for the un- unjust to bring us to God. It says, for Christ also suffered uh, once for, for what? For sins. For sins. Yeah. He didn't have sin, but he suffered for sins. That the, the, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us, because there was a problem, you can't get to God. So all the religion, religion is man's effort to get to God, yeah. but we can't go. So Christ has to come and deal with, because God is so good, God is so righteous, and God is so just. He cannot let you off the hook with your sins. So somebody has to come and take care of the sin problem so that instead of you dying, he died for us so that he can bring us to God. He actually hold your hand like taking a child to school. He will hold your hand and brought us to God after he died on the cross for our sins. So he, on the cross, he didn't die for his own sins. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that he made him who knew no sin. He didn't know sin. God, Christ didn't know sin. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Thank you, Lord. That why? That we might become. Hallelujah! So the good news is that, see, on the cross, you saw the mercy of God at work. In other words, the love of God at play, and at the same time, the justice of God at work. God himself came on the cross, on the cross. God himself had to punish Christ. It wasn't the devil. God had to punish Christ for our sins. That is why he said, if it's possible, this cup, this cup, this cup, this cup. If it's possible, Matthew chapter, chapter 26, verse 39. He said, if it is possible, let this cup, the cup, what is the cup? The cup is the wrath of God against sin. God is so righteous. He has to punish. He says that by no means he will not spare the sin. He will not spare the guilty. He has to punish the guilty. And his wrath against sin, somebody must bear it. And Christ saw it coming. Then when he said, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why are thou forsaking me? He was talking about God turned his back against him and punished our sins against him. All the anger of God 
because he's, he's, God must be angry. Why? He must be angry at sin. Why? Because he's righteous. You can't be righteous and say it doesn't matter. But it's, no, no, no. You, you have to. Those who are, most of those of us here or whatever, who protest against something. Let's say climate, global warming. Because you can't be protesting against global warming and then be driving some a car that... <laughs> care about animals, how can you be campaigning against killing of the bears, polar bears, and all your regalia is stop polar bear affair? No, you can't do that. Because of your disgust against that behavior, you won't even wait. You won't even wait. You are a Christian, you don't like sin, but you've been watching, swearing on, and all movies with all kinds of things, and you are laughing. <laughs> you, you like it. No, no, you don't have a problem. You don't have a problem. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> wow. So, God is angry, and rightly so, righteously so, and always so. God is always angry. <laughs> Why? Because he's so righteous and the sin is always there. And God is always loving. So he's always angry and always love. The attributes of God are permanent. It's not like it depends on... No, no. That, so even though God is loving you, he's still angry with sin. But when there's no sin in you and you are the righteousness of God, he doesn't see the sin. Yes. But it's very, so when sin shows up, he's angry with some people, whilst he's happy with some people. So they say, but if God is loving, why will he kill, why will he punish people in hell? If God, you should ask this question, if God is righteous, he has to punish sin. Now, he wants to pardon some people, but he can't just pardon arbitrarily. um, Today, I'm in a good spirit, so I feel like giving somebody something, like bouquet, you know, wedding. Then I throw it like this. And someone catches it. And guess what? Most of us think that's how God operates. And when he wants to forgive anybody, looks inside, okay, your hairstyle is now, I'll forgive you. <laughs> no. There must be basis. He can't forgive you when you still carry the sin. So Jesus had to bear, oh, didn't you hear what I, He bore our sins in himself on the cross. The sin that will bring the anger of God against you, Jesus came and took it. We are not talking about religion. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. We are not talking about religion. Hebrews 9 28 said, so Christ was offered once to bear. He was offered to bear the sins of many. He bore our sins. Bible talk calls him, he was a ransom. You know who a ransom, what a ransom is? Yeah. A ransom. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, he said, he, he became a ransom for us. He said, who gave himself as a ransom for all? Ransom, in other words, you are, you are held in captivity. So ransom is something must be paid for someone who has been held captive to be released. We are all held captive under the power of sin. And, and the power of the devil, and not just the devil, the anger of God was against us. Uh, the, that's why, if you are not born again, you burn in hell. Oh, that's right. Because God has to exercise justice. Yes. 
The anger of God is against you. You can be a nice person, but you're still going to hell, you know? Because your niceness is, doesn't come anywhere near the goodness of God. It does, it's not the righteousness of God. No, you need the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is meeting the standard of God's righteousness. Now, and God has to vent his anger on somebody who has, he said, I will by no means spare the guilty. Never forget that scripture. Never forget it. And so, sin has to be punished. Somebody says sin has to be punished. But God, to demonstrate his love for us, Christ came and the cross, you can see the love of God and the justice of God meeting in one person. So the justice of God was being carried out, meted out against Christ. There's something called propitiation. Propitiation is appeasement. God is now, ah, I've dealt with sin. I've dealt with the offense. Now my justice, my righteousness has been satisfied. That is what is called propitiation. To appease the anger of God, the wrath. To take away the anger by doing something that makes the person say, huh. Now, in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, it talks about how being freely justified by the redemption that is, that is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 24, 25, sorry. Who God set forth as what? As propitiation by his blood. So when he was shedding his blood, he was propitiating God. He was appeasing God because Jesus has appeased God. There can't be any reason for him to carry out the anger against you. Now, this is the gospel. The gospel is how Christ died on the cross for our sins. So his dying on the cross vindicated God. God Listen to this. I'm, I'm about to end, but listen to this. God being so good, he wanted a reason to be able to punish sin and still love you and bring you close to himself. So Satan thought God couldn't do it because you are too just. You can't do it. How can he do it? On the cross. So Christ propitiated. We'll put your back on the screen again. Um, set forth to, by, by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over say pass over. pass over why would God pass over sin but he allowed David he allowed Abraham he allowed Noah because they believed in him ahead of time that's why Jesus said Abraham sought to see my days he saw it and was glad because they were all they were all saved in advance wow. on credit they were saved on credit. Abraham walked with God by credit because he puts his faith in Jesus. Oh, that's why he said, Abraham saw my days and was glad. He desired to see my days. He saw it and was glad. Why? Because it takes only Jesus' blood to forgive anybody. It takes only Jesus' blood to bring anybody to God. It takes only the blood of Jesus, not the blood of bulls, not the blood of goats, not the blood of cows. It takes the blood of Jesus. So sins that were in the past, he covered them. That's why Israel, when they sin, they sacrifice animal just to cover it and put it on hold, standing order. 
put it on hold. So, so Jesus came on the cross. The, the, um, John the Baptist, behold the son of the Lamb of God who takes away the, the, the sin. He, he, he doesn't cover it. He removes it. Because every sin must be punished. Once it is there, it must be punished. But God has to cover your sin. How? Because Christ came to take it out of the way. Now, Romans, I'm, I want to finish on this Romans. Look at this. It's, it says that... Um, over part of our sins that were previously committed. Look at verse 26. Oh, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, watch this, that, that he might be what? Do you know what that means? God is just. He's right. He hasn't done any. It's a judge who miscarries justice is unjust. But God cannot let an ungodly go free and still be just. But in this particular instance, he did it so that he might be just and the justifier of the ones who put their faith in Jesus. So then God had grounds. He had basis to be able to tell you that you are forgiven. Because every sin must be punished. And so how can you say sin must be punished and yet this one sin must be excused? No, it only will be excused because somebody paid. Somebody paid. This whole thing is from Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. And that is what gives the, the message of the cross meaning. Because we all sinned against God. And we, from that time, there was a problem. Oh, watch this. God, I, I like this. First, second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse, verse, okay, let's go to verse 19. I wanted 18, but 19 is okay. That in Christ, watch this. That is that God was... <laughs> God was inside Christ. Oh, and what was he doing? He was reconciling the world to himself. Ah, he, was, he was reconciling. He was reconciling. God was in, so when Christ was dying on the cross, God was actually at work. Even though he was punishing Christ on the cross for our sin. At the same time, because sin has now been punished, anyone who is in Christ, you can be re- oh, reconciled. Reconciled. God was reconciling the world to himself. In Christ Jesus, not counting their trespasses against them. This is the center of Christianity. This is the gospel. Nothing else. Whether you get married, you don't get married. Whether you get healed, you don't get healed. Whether you get a breakthrough, you don't get a breakthrough. It's not got anything to do with the, the center of the message. Those things are free benefits. For I say I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God. You want to see God's power at work? Get to the gospel. Get to the gospel. They want to intimidate us to stop preaching the gospel. The gospel is not about do right or do wrong. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is you are a sinner. And Christ paid for your sins. So you can come back to Christ. Come back to God. Are you interested? That's it. Sins paid for. In Romans chapter 4, verse 4, verse 5, verse 7. I think we should jump to look at verse 4. It says that, now, to him who works, the wages are, are not accounted as grace, but as death. If you do some job for me, let's say you're a builder. And you come a carpenter, come and fix my door. And I pay you. Am I doing you any favor? No. I have to, yeah, yeah, when you go to work and they, at the end of the month, they send your payslip. They are not doing you a favor. But when you have not worked for two years, and HMRC says you, 
you have not worked for what you are getting, that is called grace. Wow. Yes. Now, so he says, when you work, it's wages. But if you are not, look at the next verse. But to him who does not work, but believes on him, look, this is a very strange statement. Justifies what? Think about it. Justify. Where would you justify the wrong person? On what grounds can God, since he said, he himself said, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 15, that anyone who justifies a wicked is an abomination. Why would God justify the wicked then? Why would God justify? That's the problem of that. One of the characteristics of God, the attributes of God, he's so good, it puts you into a problem. You, you are in trouble because God is good. You know, if he wasn't that good, then it's just like maybe Buddha and stuff like that. That's, that's, you can still eat your Chinese and he's still sitting there. That's the problem. <laughs> it doesn't problem. It doesn't trouble you. <laughs> but if God is good, you know, you and I have a big problem. Yeah. If God is good, then we have a problem. That is why Christ must come in so that we can approach God through Christ. Yes, yes. Because no one can see God by himself. Yeah. Romans chapter 3, verse 11. He said, none see God. Mm. Mm. No human being knows how to see God. That's the difference between Cain and Abel. Cain mm. devised his own system of reaching out to God. Mm. God said, rubbish. Even though that's your best. I don't, don't do it. He said, if you do right. So he knew what to do. Yeah. Whilst Abel went by a blood. Yeah. Abel sacrificed blood. Blood. Do you know blood? Blood is a sign of life. Because we are saying, let me, uh, oh. uh. No, when you check the Bible, God blessed them in Genesis, and he told them, all the head, everything I've given to you for food. He didn't add animals. Read your Bible and see. Before sin entered, we were not meant to eat animals. <laughs> what did he say? We were vegan. <laughs> he said we were vegans. <laughs> Before sin entered, all this shaky thing was not there. <laughs> so, so what's the problem? What? Did, what? Are, after the flood, in Genesis chapter nine, from verse one, Bible said God blessed everything, and He told them, "Now I give you for food." Look at verse 2, verse 2 and verse 3. Look, I want to say, and the, um, uh, shall be every beast of the, the dread ocean. Okay, and on the best, uh, and if, okay, go to the next verse. Let me show you quickly. Every moving thing is, uh, shall be f- uh, food. You see, yeah. moving things. Yeah. I've given, I've given you all things, even as the green earth. He said, I've given now. He added moving things. <laughs> So you have to chase it and grab it. <laughs> moving things. I don't go to that. I say, oh, God has added moving things. So just, the devil is selling. So God added. <laughs> when you see the sister moving, he said, God has given me. <laughs> yes, added moving things. <laughs> is someone getting something? Yes. <laughs> so moving. why did he add the animals? Because the blood. The blood was needed to cover sins. So, okay, say, kill the blood, kill the animal, use the blood, and they can eat the flesh. So the Jews were not permitted to eat blood. The reason why animals were allowed to be eaten was so that we can get the blood. 
So he told them before they left uh, Egypt, Exodus chapter 12, he said, kill it. Use the blood to mark the dog post, but eat, eat the roast, the flag, the leg, everything. Eat it. And the shark, he said, eat all. He said, eat, but don't eat the blood. That's right. I thought on this some time ago, how, gave them straight, he said, for the life of a thing is in the blood. Don't eat the blood. So, when you, when, you have a, when you develop an appetite for eating blood, when, watch this, when the blood of Jesus comes to play, you trivialize it. Because you are used to eating blood. So all the blood in the Old Testament were foreshadowing and depicting the original blood that was coming to cover and take our sins. That's why I said don't eat because the life of a thing is inside the blood. As you are eating blood, you are eating life. You are eating life. So he said, don't eat that. So when Jesus gave, watch this, he purchased us according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. He bought us with his blood. Yeah. He said, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify. So he was, what, what is the, 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 the cost of the, uh, the he bought us? Um, uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It talks about, he has, that take care of the church of God, which he has to, to yourself and among the Holy Ghost, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with what? His own blood. With what? His own blood. So this is where the uh, um, redemption comes in. Redemption is, price has to be paid. For, to ransom somebody, to release somebody. So Jesus is ransomed. What was the apply? His blood. That's why we take communion. His blood was given. Who? To the devil? No. Mm. To the justice of God. Mm. Because the justice of God says anyone who sins must die. So somebody must pay for this outstanding sin. So Jesus came and paid. That's why it's for propitiation. God looks at what Jesus has done and says, huh. now you are free to go if you are in Christ. He said, there's none, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the Christian message. If anyone preaches another gospel and they make it central, say, let him be accursed. We, we can't be making other things central. Christ is the center of everything. If you read the Bible, you don't see Christ. You haven't read it. If you teach the Bible and you don't reveal Christ, you haven't taught it. You can teach blessings. You can teach marriage. You can teach anger management. You can teach prosperity. You can teach uh, vocation. You can teach all kinds of things. Business. You can teach. There are a lot of stuff in the Bible that can help. Vision. Everything. Wisdom. It's good. You can teach. But if you teach all that and Christ is not revealed, you haven't touched the Bible. You haven't touched the Bible. And you haven't touched the true gospel. The gospel, the true gospel is that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. That's the gospel. Why did he have to die for our sins? Because you can't pay for your sins. Why did he have to die for our sins? Because God is very angry. So when you see a sinner walking around, doesn't matter whether they are wearing batty riders or wearing... Uh, what does it matter? <laughs> Your nails, you can look sophisticated, but God is still angry with you. In fact, he calls us, he said, we once used to be the children of wrath. By nature, he said, by nature, you were the children, the sons of disobedience and sons of wrath. So you are driving BMW by heaviness. But why doesn't heaven strike 
Ah, is it? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2. See? Last of our flesh. Fulfill the desires of it. And where by nature, children of wrath. By nature. Soon as you are born. <laughs> who? God. Not the devil. The devil is not the problem. The anger of God is the problem. Because if God is against you, where are you going to hide? If the police, if the police, security forces, agencies that are supposed to protect you are against you, are looking for you, then where are you going to hide? <laughs> are you getting something? Yes. God has wrath. They say, oh, but God is loving. You have got it wrong. He is loving, but he's also just. He is merciful, but he's also just. So how can you be messy at the expense of just justice? You, you, justice must be fulfilled. But you can't pay for your sins. So what you go do? Got to get into Christ. And that's why it's called, you have, it's freely justified. You didn't, it's like, looks like there's no grounds for you. Some religion will tell you, you have to punish yourself. You have to crawl. You have to pay money. You don't need to pay anything. It's freely given. It's freely given. Anyone, whosoever, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, whosoever, you can be a Buddhist, but still you can be saved if you come to Christ. You can be a Muslim, you can be saved if you come to Christ. You can be a Catholic, you can be saved if you come to Christ. You can be a Pentecostal, you can be saved if you come to Christ. You can be an Anglican, you can be saved if you come to Christ. You can be a Baptist, you can be saved if you come to Christ. It doesn't matter, you can be a, a, a Shin, Shintoist. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are, whosoever means whosoever. You can be a bishop's son, bishop's daughter. But if you come to Christ, you'll be saved. And at the same time, your father can be the biggest bishop in town, and you're on your way to hell with an elevator. (laughs) But what is not good at all, which is sad to add, you can be sitting here and still on your way to hell. If God is good, why should people go to hell? If you are also well-meaning, why don't you escape hell? He's opened the door. Whosoever wants to go, and you are not going, and you are sitting in the fire. He said, why this fire service, they are not helping at all. And you are sitting. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is the, the teachers. Anytime people are feeling comfortable about sin, it's not the movies. It's the preachers. It's the preachers. Low view of God. Makes people think there's nothing, sin is not a big deal. But if preachers can teach the word of God and reveal God as it is, people will know sin for what it is. You want to know how dangerous sin is? Look at the cross. That's how serious sin is. So I had to say this because somebody is here. Why would you be in an environment like this or you are watching me and you are on your way to hell? Smart. This freely given an opportunity for you to walk out of. No, people think hell is the devil that's going to. No, no. God Himself is be the one in hell to punish people. Oh yeah, His, his presence alone will be there to punish people to vent His real anger against sin in hell. Satan will also be punished there. Yes, yes. Oh, so so. Why would you go to hell? Oh my, I don't, all these things, I have a lot of questions. Why don't you settle your, you know, get your ticket first. (laughs) 
get your heavenly vaccination first. <laughs> Before you begin to wonder, is this thing working or not? Because it's a thing casting my gachi. Jesus said, don't die in your sins. If you die in your sins, I feel sorry for you. Unfortunately, no one can tell when they will die. As we are talking, somebody is dying. Some people, not somebody, some people are dying now. Somebody is just, uh, ambulance have just been called because they stopped breathing. Yeah. That life is your right. You know what? Your life is not safe if you are not in Christ. I want to pray for you. Today, God sent me to preach the gospel to somebody. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show, and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.